times. I mean, I, I do it a handful of times a year. He does it three times a week, plus funerals, plus weddings, plus counseling, plus, you know, our pastor deserves every bit of support and love that we can pour out to him because this is, just for my own the spiritual and physical energy that this takes is, is just, you, you can't imagine. Um, pastor told me that I could choose the topic that I spoke on this morning, but he also said that um, in the Sunday school curriculum, that today's lesson was on Psalm 150. So I thought, it's good to discipline yourself and to put yourself under, you know, a yoke of, of someone else. And so that's what I decided. I said, that's not something I would have chosen, probably, maybe if I spoke a hundred times, I don't know that I would have chosen Psalm 150 to speak upon, but that's what we're going to look at today. We speak with Brother Duffy a few minutes ago. And every single time you dive into the Word of God, there are revelations and discoveries, not new discoveries, but new to you, revelations to you. And this was really very, very instructive. I'm glad that I, I decided to go this route. So we're going to do um, speaking on Psalm 150, the King James Version. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with the stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. The phrase here that's repeated 13 times in this psalm is the Hebrew phrase halal yah or praise yah praise God which we are saying when we say hallelujah this phrase is only found 25 times in 25 verses in the Bible and there it is only found in the Psalms 102 to 150 One of the earliest examples of praise of God by song is the song of Moses, which the children of Israel sang in Exodus 15 in celebration of their deliverance from Egypt. There is a linkage between praise and worship. We say that we have a time of worship when our services begin. Today we use the two as synonyms. Praise equals worship, and worship equals praise. But in Scripture, the two are quite distinct. The Hebrew word for worship, Strong's number 7812, shawkal, a primitive root to depress, as that is to prostrate, especially reflexively in homage or royalty to, to royalty or God to bow down, to crouch, fall down flat, humbly beseech, make obeisance, do reverence, make to stoop, worship. The word worship is found 172 times in the Bible. And the first occurrence of the Hebrew word for worship was in Genesis chapter 18, verses 1 and 2. And the Lord appeared to him in the plains of Mamre, 
And he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked. And lo, three men stood, be, stood, stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them at the tent door. And he bowed himself to the ground. Abraham bowed before the Lord on the plains of Mamre. The next chapter, Lot bowed before the angels who came to rescue him from Sodom. It was very fascinating to me. It was One of the revelations to me in this study was... I found that the first mention of prayer being said comes after the mention of worship. The first prayer we have to God in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 20, two chapters after the first mention of worship. So Abraham prayed unto God, and God healed Abimelech and his wife and his maidservants, and they bare children. Possibly, you know, first mentions of things are important in the Bible, and I don't know how much you know, importance to put upon this, but possibly giving us guidance following the lead of Scripture that worship should precede prayer. Is there any doubt? Does God deserve praise and worship? We must certainly answer that with a resounding yes. But he deserves worship, and I believe he enjoys worship. He inhabits the praises of his people. But does he need our praise and worship. Is God diminished in some way? Does he actually live on our praise and worship? Will he suffer in any way if we don't praise him? What is the purpose of? Why do we praise and worship God? Who benefits from our praises and worship of God? Us or him? God has no ego that needs to be fluffed up or otherwise supported. God is far above and beyond our puny efforts of worship and praise, the unfathomable vastness of the universe does not exceed him. In 2003, astronomers decided they wanted to point the Hubble telescope at the darkest spot in the sky that they could find. There was a, I'm not exactly sure where it was, I probably should have looked it up, but they found a spot that was the darkest, had the fewest number of stars in it, that they could find in the sky. For 10 days, the Hubble telescope looked at this patch, this patch that was one-third the diameter of the full moon. Someday, if you're you know, out and there's a full moon up, take your hand, extend it at full length, and make an opening that is the size of the full moon. It'll surprise you how little area the full moon actually occupies. But the Hubble Space Telescope looked at an area of the sky, one-third the diameter of this full moon for 10 days, over 200 straight hours, Hubble cast its powerful eye on that area. Amazingly, in that darkest spot of sky, of that small area, Hubble was able to see 50,000 galaxies in that tiny little area. One ninth the area of the full moon. It would take 130,000 full moons to cover the entire sky. An area one ninth of the area of the moon, one third the diameter, it would take over a million of these areas. And in that area, they found 50,000 galaxies. The Milky Way, they estimate, has in rough numbers 100 billion stars. The average galaxy they think, has 100 million. So 50,000 
times 100 million equals 5 trillion stars in this small patch of sky. If you, this is a, these, these numbers, this, our universe is beyond anything we can comprehend. We, we, hear, we hear the word trillion used in, in, in relation to our national debt. But what is, I, I looked up, the width of a dollar bill, the thickness of a dollar bill, is about four thousandths of an inch. A human hair, about the same as the human hair. A billion dollars stacked one on top of the other is 68 miles high. A trillion is a thousand billion. A trillion dollars stacked one on top of the other is 68,000 miles high, a quarter of the way from the earth to the moon. And there's five trillion stars in this little patch of sky. If Another way of thinking about looking at it, if each one of those stars were the size of a large marble stacked one to the other would reach to the sun, 93 million miles. And God inhabits every square inch of that space, every one of those stars. It says that he knows the numbers of the hair on your head. That's just a metaphor. Without doubt, he knows the numbers and names of all those stars. And if you really got down to it, probably every atom and molecule that makes up one of those stars. God is incomprehensible to us. I mean, it's beyond... These numbers defy human comprehension. God's presence is in every inch of the entire universe. Psalms 139, verses 7 through 12. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in the darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. David had a deep appreciation for the majesty of God. Psalm 8, verses 1 through 4, New Living Translation. O Lord, our Lord. Your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. You have taught children and infants to tell of your strength, silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place, what are mere mortals that you should think of them, human beings that you should care for them? David looked at the night sky Without a telescope, with just his own vision, it's estimated that without a telescope, your 2020 vision in a very dark place, you can see roughly 6,000 stars. David was overwhelmed and recognized the majesty of God with what we now know to be his very limited view. Even with our view today with the Hubble telescope and the soon-to-be-launched James Webb telescope. The Hubble's mirror is about eight feet in diameter. 
the James Webb Telescope, which will be launched probably the week before Christmas. The mirror is over 21 feet in diameter, over seven times the light gathering of Hubble. But even with these new optical tools, our views of the universe cannot begin to see and comprehend the expanse and power and knowledge and wonder of God. Who is he to give us any attention at all? We're told that we must do it, but what can we offer such an incomprehensibly omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God by our puny little praise and worship? Why then do we even bother to worship? What can we offer him? What does he benefit from it? We've established the incomprehensible wonder of God. Our minds cannot begin to fathom him. He does not need our worship. Worship or not, he deserves it, but he is beyond it. The question we must then ask is, why? Why worship? Why does the psalmist command us to worship? The first verse in the King James Version where the word worship is found. And Abraham said unto his young man, Abide here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship. It will come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they both went of them together. A day fraught with emotions for Abraham, taking his son a promise to the land of Moriah as an offering that God would show him to prostrate yourself, to bow down before, to humbly beseech, to make obeisance, to do reverence, This is the core of what is meant by worship. It is not about the singing of psalm, but a humbling of oneself, a recognition that, a public display that, in comparison to him, I am nothing. I want to leave the question of worship for just a moment and change direction. I'm going to ask another question. What was the original sin? In a way, it's a trick question with meaning. What was the original sin? The answer that may first come to mind is Adam and Eve's disobedience in the eating of the forbidden fruit. But that was not the first sin. Before that took place in the garden, another sin was committed. Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 16. How are you fallen from heaven, O shining star, son of the morning? You've been thrown down to the earth, you who destroyed the nations of the world. For you said to yourself, I will ascend to heaven and set my throne above God's stars. I will preside on the mountain of God's far away in the north. I will climb to the highest heavens and be like the most high. Instead, you will be brought down to the place of the dead, down to its lowest depths. Everyone there will stare at you and ask, can this be the one who shook the earth and made the kingdoms of the world tremble? Once Lucifer was a powerful angel, but his power and perfection of creation corrupted him. He was seduced by his own beauty and the love of himself. He forgot who created him. To repeat, I will ascend to heaven and set my throne upon above 
God's stars. I will preside on the mountain of the gods far away in the north. I will climb to the highest mountains and be like the most high. This is the essence of pride. Pride can take many forms. It's not always about love of self. It can also be about a lack of love of self, a fear in your heart that you're not worthy and therefore vehemently resist anything that would reveal your unworthiness. So many examples, pride based upon fear of low self-esteem. Road rage, taking offense to the disrespect that a nameless, faceless driver on the road shows you by cutting you off or brake-checking you. If you're confident in your self-worth, if you're filled with the love of God and the justification, then lack of love of self will not affect you. Secure in God's love, for you have no possible disrespect of man can trigger you to react. You will allow it to roll off your back. The basis of pride is the focus upon and the preoccupation with self. What will others think of me? I cannot display weakness or vulnerability or the display of any flaw for the opinion of others. The dangers of pride. God talking of the Leviathan, the great serpent. Job chapter 41, verse 34. He beholdeth all high things. He is a king over the children of pride. Proverbs chapter 16, verses 16 through 19. How much better is it to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding rather to be chosen, rather to be chosen than silver? The highway of the upright is depart from evil. He that keepeth his way preserveth his soul. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better it is to be of humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Proverbs 21, verse 4. A high look and a proud heart, and the plowing of the wicked is sin. James chapter 4, verses 5 through 10. Do you think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will free from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. Purify your heart, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laugh be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. So, are we now ready to resume the answering of the question, why are we told we must worship? But for the pride of Lucifer, he would not have been in the tree in the Garden of Eden, tempting Eve. So all that followed can be at least one respect laid at the feet of Satan. This pride, his rebellion, his fullness of self preceded all. If pride is the disease, then worship is the medicine. I say it again. If pride is the disease, then worship is the medicine. Humbling yourself, prostrating yourself without regard to the opinion of others is the medicine. To be able to be vulnerable, 
due to your invulnerability, which comes from the solid basis of your relationship with God. When they utterly degraded him, when they spat in his face and beat him and ridiculed him and nailed him to the cross, he didn't respond in anger and defensiveness. He prayed for his abusers, for he was doing the will of his father who loved him. Worship is medicine for our spirit. Constant admission and recognition of our worthlessness away from his worthiness. The only worth I have is entirely due to him. What can I claim as my own? My talents? My intelligence? My great beauty? (laughs) Everything that is me comes from him. The only thing I can claim as my own is the darkness I came out of before I knew him. My shame, my pain, my darkness are all of my own flesh, my light, my worth, and my eventual glory are all due to him. I'll turn David's questions on their head. What are mere mortals that I should think about them? What are human beings that I should care of their opinion of me? The only thing that is important, my relationship with God is far beyond the reach of any mortal being. The only opinion to be considered is the opinion of God. Therefore, I will give him all my honor, all my praise. I will humble myself before him as David did. 2 Samuel chapter 6, verses 14 through 16. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was girded with a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of trumpet. And as the ark came into the city of David, Michal, Saul's daughter, looked through window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him. Michael thought David's dancing beneath the dignity of a king. David knew. David knew better. Knew his royalty was nothing in comparison to the king of kings. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. Humble yourself for the sake of your heart. Sacrifice your pride on his altar. Don't listen to the spirit of Michal. Dance before the Lord with all your might. Worship him with all your might. Prostrate yourself before him. Lay aside your pride. Love him with all your heart and mind and strength. I have no clue what time it is. Wow. (laughs) We're going to be early. One last thing. I stand here today for lots of reasons, lots of inputs we had. Lots of people planted seed in my life. But importantly, that first day in June of 2000, when Jackie and I went to church in Elkhart, just to say thank you for the church praying for I saw an old man, 
old man worshiping God fervently with all his strength, without a care in the world what anybody around him saw. I saw that old man. I couldn't understand it. I didn't understand. His worship made God real to me. I wanted what that old man had. I desired what that old man had. It took another few weeks and more work of God, but his worship created a hunger within me. We don't just worship for ourselves. We worship also for other people who don't have the courage and the freedom of spirit that we have, that we have found. I was an unbeliever, and his worship showed me God, how real he was, and I wanted what that old man had. I made a vow that day. I spent the first 45 years of my life with my back turned toward God. I would never again let a chance at worship pass me by without me reaching out. Worship and praise are very important components of our walk with God. They're very important for ourselves and for others. Psalm 150. Praise you, Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with the stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him on the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. I love you, my God. Help us. Help our worship and the purity of our praise and faith. I love you, my God. I thank you. Well, we've got about...